God bless you. Be seated. Find the book of the Gospel of Luke, please. It's the third book in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. When you find that, find chapter 24. At some point, I'm going to understand that I'm getting too old to do this. Not today. Sure. After we're done, maybe. I tell you, I just love it so much, man. I just, I love being in the presence of the Lord. I just am. Who put my guitar like that? Somebody's getting fired. Just kidding. Oh, then no, then that's exactly how I wanted it. I better be careful firing people that are doing the most work. Last week was Resurrection Sunday. We we kind of make a pretty big deal about that around here. I, I know we say every Sunday's Resurrection Sunday, and it is because he's still alive, amen. But I just thoroughly enjoy corporately worshiping on that day. But, period, no but. The challenge, however, that we face as the church and as a church is how we respond to Jesus immediately following the resurrection. Um, in Luke 24, I've preached out of this passage two other times in, in all the decades I, I, I've been trying to communicate the gospel. And it's, it's, it's never got old to me. And, to, and today I want to kind of unpack something that is, it, it's not going to be new. Unless you're new to the scripture, and if it is, then that's awesome. But it's not going to be new simply because we know this is reality. Uh, the reality of sometimes you can see something but not see it. Let me say that again. Sometimes you can have the answer right in front of you, and you're still looking for the answer. You get me, right? That's, I mean, I'm notorious for that. Um, and when we talk about Easter and what we do after, how do we respond to the resurrection? In other words, how is it going to make a difference in our life as we go forward? Can I, can I just say, let, let me go all the way to the end of the message and then we'll work our way back. Can I just say that what we need to do is we, we need to understand and, and, and live like the resurrection is fresh and new every day of our life. And we need to be able to see Jesus everywhere. You're like, well, I mean, I don't see Jesus in the pain and the, and the, the hurt, whatever. And I'm like, oh, that's, that's when you need to see him. And that's kind of the, um, it's, it's kind of the topic of the conversation of the, of the disciples walking down a road. They were in the middle of confusion, pain, and hurt. And... They didn't recognize Jesus. <laughs> um, let me just go right to the scripture, if that's okay. Uh, Luke 24, please. And let's go to verse 13. I'll be reading out of the New International Version today. I just like the way it parsed all these verses out. Luke 24, verse 13, if you don't have a device or a Bible in front of you. I'll have the 
I'll have the verses on the screen behind me. Just read along if you're so inclined. My Bible, your Bible says this. Now, that same day. Okay, I got four words in before I paused. So I'm getting better. <laughs> John's like, you know how hungry I am right now, bro? What day? No, Resurrection Sunday. So on that same day, th think about that for a second. J Jesus is getting ready to do something. Listen, I, today I don't have three points in a poem. I want to tell a story. Well, I'm not telling the story. I mean, like Luke told the story. But I want us to get inside this scripture. When I read the Bible, I put myself there as if I'm either one of the players or I'm on the sidelines watching it play out. It just makes it come alive to me. And on that same day, the day he rose from the dead, I'm, I'm not going to re-preach Easter message, but would you just feel the weight of that? On the same day that Jesus went and snatched the keys of death and hell, set the captives free, right after he was just beaten beyond recognition, crucified. Three days after that, he raises from the dead. And on that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus. So who are these two? They were disciples. Uh, we, we would call them today, they're, they're Christ followers, um, they knew who Jesus was. They, they knew what happened. They had heard all the stories. They could have even well been in attendance at the crucifixion. They were followers of Jesus. Two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. Now, I'm a stickler for detail. Um, history bears out and... Um, extra-biblical writings, that it wasn't seven miles from where they were to Jerusalem. It was a three-and-a-half-mile journey there and a three-and-a-half-mile journey back, just so we understand that they're getting ready to walk three-and-a-half miles with Jesus. About seven miles from Jerusalem, they were talking with each other about everything that had happened. Now, before we get into Jesus showing up on the scene and just blowing their dang minds, listen. Something that really jumped out at me in this is that these guys weren't the big 12. These guys weren't the disciples that we read about every week in our Bible plans, in our Bible studies. No, no, no these folk, well, some people even believe it was a man and wife. followers of Jesus, but they were disciples nonetheless. But listen, here's the thing. They weren't the heavy hitters. They weren't the Peter. They weren't the James. They weren't the John. And, it, and before you think I'm making too big a deal about that, they were no-named followers of Jesus. And what we have to understand is that Jesus could have done anything after he conquered death, hell, and the grave. Instead. He wanted to identify himself as a savior for the common man. 
We know that he said he was going to see the disciples. He told Mary, go tell my disciples and Peter that I'm going to come to them. But it wasn't just them. It's not just the preacher. It's not just the guy who's got his marriage figured out. It's not just the lady that prays an hour a day, whatever. It's, not, it's, it's for the common person. Jesus has not turned away from the humble. See, that's the key. Title is not the key. Accomplishment is not the key. I don't know. John, that's where you should have said amen right there. Thank you, because no one else is. And if, if no one acknowledges that they get that, I'm going to keep talking about that. That's just how I preach. Dwayne, he can do it his way. I can't move past something that to me is that heavy. He just, he shows up and begins to talk. He wants to be with the obscure. He wants to be with the, the new followers, the old followers, the anointed followers, the called. He wants to be with you. He wants to be with the guy who works too many hours and the mom that's a stay-at-home mom taking raising kids. He wants to be he wants to be with those that are change way too many diapers in a day. And he wants to be with those that feel like he's been abandoned. This proves it. And at first glance, when you read this, it it almost feels like they're just going along chatting about what you and I would be talking about, you know, current events, because they kind of are. It's just the current event was a big event. And they're kind of just talking, you know, we would probably talk about sports maybe. I probably wouldn't, but I would act like I knew. And then we uh, we would probably end up talking about music because you want to get into my world. We might talk about economy. I would not talk about politics with you, Um, maybe their jobs, whatever, but it's everyday stuff, but in reality, their conversation was very intense because of the weight that they were feeling about it. The, uh, the, the, the level of confusion in their life was kind of a big deal because for centuries, there had been stories about this Messiah coming that was going to save them. And the last thing they knew was that he was dead. See, these, these two disciples that were walking, their parents, their grandparents, the, 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 the priests in the temple, elders, they would have talked about this Jesus. They would have talked about this Messiah. They were told that one day God was going to send the Savior of the world. In their lifetime, they had been hoping, hoping, Somebody say hoping. Hoping because without hope, Solomon said, our heart heart dies. If you have no hope, you have nothing to reach for. People give up because they feel like they're hopeless. And so these guys, now they were in the throes of, now what? What do we do? He's dead. They were expecting, they were praying, they were wishing, they were hoping that a guy named Jesus was going to 
change everything. I mean, he could do miracles, and when he taught, it was mind-blowing. See, again, they were disciples. They were, they were followers of Jesus. They would have heard all of these things. They would have seen things. And maybe they thought, this could be the one. He's, maybe he's the one. And then he died three days prior to this conversation. And it was that moment that they realized things just aren't going the way we had hoped. Now, if you put yourself in the scripture, um, I think we all have to admit that sometimes life doesn't go the way we thought it would. Some of us might be experiencing this right now. Um, It wasn't my plan. I thought it would be different. Maybe you finished high school and you planned to go to college and then some kids showed up. And like most of us, we'll get back to it and here we are. I mean, I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm saying things don't work out like we think they'll work out. Maybe you did go to college and you completed and you thought you were going to get the job of your dreams and you end up doing something that has absolutely nothing to do with what you just spent $200,000 on. <laughs> Boy, that, that, that's the most response I think I've ever gotten from a crowd. Maybe, maybe you heard from home after 30 years and your mom tells you that you, her and her dad are getting a divorce. Wait, that's, that's not how that's supposed to work. And we go through all the emotions. We're angry. You know, it's the whole, it's the whole grieving process when something is stripped away. Whatever it is, things aren't turning out the way you thought it would. And that's where, that's where these two are at. I'm, I'm, I'm wanting you to feel that because it makes what happens next so powerful. So, verse 15, they talked and discussed these things with each other, and Jesus himself came up, what, the, what is he doing? And walked along with them. Here's what I need to know. I can, are you in this story? I need you in this story because this is not historical data. This happened. And so these two are walking along. And Jesus, just like out of nowhere, comes up and starts walking with them. I don't know how Jesus walked. He probably didn't walk like that. He might have. I don't know. He might have. He might have had swag. I don't know. In my head, he did, okay? Let me have that little bit. But they're just trying to figure out their next move. They don't know what to do with their faith. They don't know what to do culturally, spiritually, economically, because they thought Jesus was coming up to set the apple cart, man, that he was just going to come in and clean house. Overthrow the government. Well, he came in on a donkey and died. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up, walked along with them, verse 16, but they were kept from recognizing him. He was with them, but they didn't see it. 
And I don't mean like with them, like metaphorically. I mean with them, like with them. Like with every step with them. But they didn't see it. And why didn't they see Jesus? I don't know. Maybe God was thinking, you know what? I need to teach you something first. I don't know. This this ain't script. I'll step away from the book because I don't want you to think I'm rewriting the word. I don't know why your Bible says they were kept from seeing him, but they were. But I can only imagine based on the principle of scripture that there was something bigger at play here than just Jesus showing up. Ta-da! Hallelujah. He probably didn't sound like that either now that I think about it. Maybe God, in his love and compassion as a good father, said, you know what? You guys are so confused right now. You can't handle this. You couldn't handle it. You would grab your chest and fall to the ground. And then, then Jesus would raise you up. I mean, he's been through enough, okay? For the love of me, he's been through enough. I don't know why. I don't know. <laughs> it, don't laugh at me. If you laugh at me, I'll keep going. I don't know what it was, but seriously, but for whatever reason, he was walking with them, um, and they didn't have the eyes to see. Can I just pause for just a second before we read the next verse? Does that ever happen to you? <laughs> it does me. The, the answer that you're looking for is like, it's so close. It's right there. But we, we kind of take the long way home, right? We're like the children of Israel in the, <laughs> in the wilderness. It's like, I don't know what to do. And God's like, well, I'm dropping food out the sky, and I'm making a light show up in a cloud and a pillar and blah, blah, blah. So I don't, know what, I don't know what you're waiting on. If you would just stop it. Yeah, that's, that's, that's me. It's right in front of us, but we can't see it. Then Jesus decides he wants to jump into the conversation. You're, you're in the scripture. I won't ask you again. I, I'm not going to. Verse 17, he asked them, can you just, just read this first. When Jesus asks a question, he's not looking for information. He's Jesus. He's Jesus. We, when, we, when, when we see something like this, you need to know he's not looking for data for problem-solving issues. Now, you've got to understand that he, he knew... He just rose from the dead. He went, you know this. So, hey, hey, guys. <laughs> I mean, this is just, this is so Jesus. Hey, guys, what are you discussing as you walk along? They stood still. Their faces downcast. I, I, I just. I just pause here every time because when I think of Jesus Christ walking up on these folk and interjects himself into the conversation with that question, he clearly wants to know how they feel about something. 
more specifically wants them to verbalize how they feel about something. I've, I've tried to help people that are trying to figure out how to pray, right? I get it. No, I get it. I, I'm still trying to figure out how to pray sometimes. Sometimes I'm thinking, I just made God really mad. But, 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 but uh, he just wants you to be honest with him. Because he already knows. I mean, there's that, right? But when I think about Jesus walking up on these guys, what are you discussing? And their faces were downcast, verse 18. One of them named Cleopas, now you've got to get this, they don't know he's Jesus. So before we write this dude off like he's disrespectful, they don't know who he is. So one named Cleopas said, are you, are you only a visitor here? Are you a visitor to Jerusalem and do not know the things that have happened there in these days? In other words, what is your problem? You don't watch the news? Do you, do you I'm, what is going on with you? Are you serious? Everybody's talking. Where have you been? I mean, you, you've been in a cave? And, and Jesus would have said, what kind of, in his mind, well, technically, I kind of have been. Am I right, though? I mean, eh, that's fair. Can you imagine what's going on inside the mind of Jesus? He's risen from the dead. He's walking with them. They don't recognize him. He knows that. But again, as we put ourselves in the story, imagine what could be going in Jesus' mind. If, 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 if I, this is such a risky sentence. If I were Jesus, which I not, um, here's what I would be thinking. Guys! Guys! It's me! Look at me! I'm Jesus! I'm alive! Man, let me tell you what went down. Oh my goodness. Uh, I was tempted by Satan, and I, I kicked his backside. I was strong. I was obedient to my father. I mean, I would have just laid out my resume. Instead, he entered in with a humble question. He didn't want to make them feel stupid. He wanted them to understand that it's okay sometimes to feel like you have no hope. I mean, maybe he went, in his mind, he might have wanted to unpack the crucifixion story and, uh, and maybe would have got all graphic and detail about it. And My dad turned away from me, turned his face from me when I was on the cross and the earth shook and it grew dark. I mean, I would have went for the, I, I would have went for it. Probably uh, number 1,037,000,000 why I'm not Jesus, but. And I would have thought maybe he would want to lean into it and say, hey, I'm here now. And when you see it, it'll change everything. But that took a little time. No, like a few miles. Um, he might have wanted to share with them that they now have access to God because the veil was torn. That, that, that they now don't have to go through a man to get to the Father. I mean, I'm sure there were things he would want to say, but he didn't answer like that. Instead, he said this in verse 19. 
No, that's in your Bible. What? What things? Did something happen here? About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet. He was powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. I got to tell you, their faith was still stronger than they thought. Because they said the right thing. Catch this, powerful in word in deed. Powerful in word. When he spoke, things changed. It was like, his word just pierced their heart. Um, it was like he knew things that only he would know. And we've, all, we've read it before, and, I, and we get that, but it, it was like, as the Scripture says, and it's like feasting on the living bread and the living water. When he spoke, he was powerful in word. It gives life. That, that, that's why I encourage people every day, read this. Read this. Well, I don't understand it. Me neither. And I'm learning every day how to try to understand it. And the Spirit of God reveals things and helps me understand it. But he was powerful in word, but he was also powerful in deed. Listen, when Jesus showed up, things were different. And when he shows up in our life, things will be different. Blind eyes can be opened, deaf ears can hear. The dead can be raised, the mute can speak, you get it. He fed 5,000 men, not counting the women and children, with a couple of fish and some bread, and they took a doggy bag home. And then, and then the plot kind of turns a little bit, the story kind of turns, and it gets, <laughs> it gets even more weird. Verse 20, the chief priests and our ruler, they're still trying to answer the what is, well, what things. They're still trying to answer that. Well, I mean, Jesus of Nazareth, he got killed and he's buried. And then they say, the chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death and they crucified him. But we had hoped. The weight of those four words. Nothing will suck the life out of you. Like the word, but. He was powerful in word and deed. But. But we had hoped. Here we are. Oh, Jesus. That phrase, that, that phrase is a phrase of shattered dreams. That, that, that phrase is a phrase of I'm a failure. That phrase is a phrase of this is so far from what I thought this would be. You can lay that template over any area of your life, financially, spiritually, relationally, that right there will take somebody out of the game so fast it's not even funny. Because that's when you go, you know what? Plan A didn't work. So guess what I'm doing? 
I'm implementing plan B. What's plan B? Not sure yet. But A didn't work. This Jesus thing didn't work. This marriage didn't work. This job didn't work. Because I had hoped. Uh, I, I can't leave it there because it does get better, but some of us right now might be in a season of, but we had hoped. I mean, I, and I don't know what it might be for you. And maybe you're not, which that's cool. I'm not trying to talk you into a corner, but, but there's, there's, something, there's something real about that phrase that we've all felt. But we had hoped. I mean, he was powerful. Now we're walking alone, trying to figure out our next move. And then verse 21b, the rest of it. And what's more, now, now they're ramping up. Now they're getting a little more bold. And what's more, it's the third day since this all took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning. They didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it, just as the woman said, but him they did not see. But him they did not see. All the data they were receiving and everything they could see with their eyes was telling them, why are we even doing this? I mean... They were, they were making two and two equal four in their mind based on the data they were taking in. And they come to the conclusion that we had hoped. Had, past tense, had. And then they kind of unpack it a little bit. He's risen, but we don't see him. The tomb was empty. We didn't see him. He was with them. He's not with them anymore. Well, they thought. And many times, God's with us and we don't see And what's so hard sometimes, I would even say a little unusual, not unusual in that we're weird if we experience it, I mean unusual in that we, we should understand it a little better probably, sometimes it's hard to see God doing what he's doing, especially if you're in the middle of something. And, 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 and I mean, he's there because Scripture said he's never going to leave us, never going to forsake us. He's always with us. He sent us the Spirit. You, you know all the verses. But it's hard to see him sometime in the present when we're in the middle of something, when we had hoped. When we had hoped. I mean, he was there. He was good. I mean, he was there the last time I lost my job. He was there last time... I was broke. Sometimes that's what you hang on to. Amen. He was with me and when I was broken, and he was there, and he was with me when I was lonely, and he was with me when I hurt and when I was in despair. I, I didn't see him right now, but when I look back, I know he was there. And this is kind of my favorite part of the story because Jesus now begins to teach. They still don't know it's Jesus. But remember, he was powerful in word. 
And he just begins to talk to him. You know, he could have easily said, guys, it's been a long three days. Um, I'm available Thursday at 4. Get a hold of Peter. He'll schedule something, and we'll get right. He didn't do that. No, he kept walking. Verse 28, as they approached the village, that was Emmaus, that's where they were going, so they had to walk to three and a half miles. Jesus acted as if, as if he was going further. Can you get, are you there? So he kind of shows up out of nowhere like, burr, 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 and, and, and then they're turning to go into wherever they were going, and he's like, because Jesus is always moving. Oh, see, the move of God is always moving. That's why it's imperative that you and I as Christ followers try to stay in tune with what he's doing. I love this. Based on the other things that Jesus had said, I don't know if he's just kind of goofing with them. I mean, he gave me a sense of humor. We don't, that, that don't set well with us, does it? That feels weird, doesn't it? Yeah, that's like, <gasps> honey, get the kids. He's a heretic. If you read the scripture, if you're in the scripture when you read it, he's been kind of sarcastic a couple times. Nobody, everybody's like, are we reading yet? Because Jesus acted as if he were going further, continuing, but they urged him strongly, no, stay with us. Remember, they were Christ followers. Oh, they, they didn't know it was him, but they knew they would know that we are Christians by our love. Oh, man, come on. Uh, stay with us. It's nearly evening. The day's almost over. So he's like, oh, okay. Hadn't thought of that. So he went in to stay with them. In verse 30, when he sat at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, and broke it. Familiar phrase if you've been in church for a minute. And began to give it to them. Then, then, it's an important word, then, not until then were their eyes opened that he was Jesus. So when I read words like then and therefore and but, I have to, I have to pause and I got to say, okay, then, that, that's a moment in time. And I've got to dig a little deeper into why then? Why not three and a half long miles in the grueling Judean sun did, they, did, did Jesus just be like, Dad, please, can they just recognize me now because I'm burning up out here? No, no, it wasn't that at all. No, it was then. Their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he disappeared from their sight. Go with me on a little, on a little trip real quick. So, they get into the house, right? Dinner. 
your Bible was very specific and said, and then Jesus took the bread and broke it. So, right? I mean, that's, I mean, I don't, I guess, that's how I break bread. I don't. And when he handed it to them, then, okay, so, Right there. Right there. Would have been the hole that held Jesus Christ to the cross. Then, then, their eyes were opened and they recognized him. Oh, listen, 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 listen. I'm not trying to make something more, uh, more than it is. I'm not making a mountain out of a molehill. You've got to understand that if you don't recognize what he did for you, you can't recognize what he'll do for you. And in my mind, I'm sitting around that table. I'm, I'm one of those dudes, right? And when he reaches that bread over to me, You did exactly what you said you would do. Sure, you messed with us a little bit, but you did exactly what you said you would do. Sure, you made us engage our minds some. How dare you, Jesus? We're not here to think. You put up with us while we wrestled, while we doubted, while we lost our hope. You didn't scold us. You didn't chastise us. You weren't mad at us. Instead, what did you do? You revealed the reality of what you did for me. Oh, and by the way, Mazo eat too. Oh, listen, I don't want that ever to get old to me. The day it does, Dwayne's name's on the sign, and I'm finding a new hobby because I won't do it. Oh, but as of today, it's everything. It's everything. I, I try to imagine what it would have been like for those two. Maybe they could have been one of the original 12, I don't know. We're not sure. I know they're not listed. But regardless, they were close enough to Jesus to know what happened to him. And they didn't see him for however long it took them to walk that three and a half miles. I, but when he broke it, he might have said, this is my body, because he said that many to other times. Oh, but there was no doubt. And then verse 32, and then they ask each other, because remember, he left. Now, I know the scripture says disappeared. 
I, I mean, I don't, I don't think he Chris Angeled him or anything. Like, I don't think it was like, poof, magic. I don't, I don't, I don't think it was that. I really don't. I don't. I mean, I don't. I, I really don't. I, I just think he, he just amscrayed, right? He just exit stage left. Um, I mean, cause. I, I don't know if they could have continued a normal conversation if, like, they're talking to, oh, my goodness, Jesus. I mean, that would have been, I think something else would have been said. And Luke, he was a physician, so his attention to detail is pretty strong. Did you get that? So, I mean, that's why there's a lot of words in Luke's writings. I mean, he was a doctor. I want my doctor to kind of be attention to detail person. And they say this, they ask each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened, opened scripture to us? What? Why didn't the revelation come then when their heart burned with the scripture? But we had hoped. The cloud over them because they thought they had lost all hope kept them Verse 33, they got up and they returned at once to Jerusalem and they were found the 11 and those with them. So they knew these guys. It's not like, okay. So they found the 11 and those assembled with them together and saying, it's true. It's true. The Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. That's Peter. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them. This is how you know I ain't making this up. When he See, you've got to use the Bible as its own commentary. When he broke the bread. You will never change my mind on this. Ever. We've seen him when we've seen his scars. We've seen him when it became clear about what he did for us. He was there, but we didn't see him. And I know we've all had moments like that. Maybe you might be having that kind of a moment today. And when I speak of the resurrection, I mean, I talk about it in sheer confidence that I, I believe it happened, and that's my faith system. Um, And quite frankly, he doesn't have to do anything else for me for me to follow him for the rest of my days because he's done everything. What I want to do, though, is get better at seeing him everywhere. No mountaintops, valleys, in the elevator in between floors, you know, like when you're going from point A to point B in your life and you're like, I'm never going to get there. Oh, he's there too. And the way that can stay centered in your mind is by recognizing what he did. Listen, if he's going to go that distance, not like cross distance, I'm kind of, I'm kind of thinking he's kind of got me uh, for whatever else comes up. I, but, but we forget that, and I want to see him everywhere. I just, my encouragement to you today, and I don't know how this finds you, I just was enamored once again with the richness of the treasure of this story. And I don't know where it finds you, but 
I'm, I'm just, I just want to encourage, the kids are fine. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't see Holly and Chansey right now, but that's okay. I want to encourage you to, to, to just be a, and I'm not implying you're not, I want to encourage you, however, to be a little more living your life according to his purpose, recognizing that you, he's there, I'm not saying you're not going to have a day that's going to feel like junk, but we've got eyes to see. We've got faith that can hope, you got a heart that can feel. I, I, Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 4, Satan, we, we know who that is, right? I mean, that's, I mean he, he, he words it as who is the God of this world. This is what happens to us when we can't see who Jesus is. He said, Satan has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand the message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. In other words, you see Jesus work. You see God work. But we get blinded. See, because we've, the name Jesus in this context right here today, on April 24th, it, it, that wasn't a word that you've heard for the first time today. You might not know the story. You might not know all the details of his life. That's great. That's why you're here, I hope. <laughs> we want to help you in that journey to understand more about him, to become a totally committed Christ follower. But regardless, it wasn't like today you're like, who? Who is this guy? Who's Jesus? No, you've heard it, but we can get blinded because our eyes are on so many other things other than Jesus and what this verse behind me says is that we can be blinded to the very good news, which is the gospel of Jesus Christ, which is what I've been talking about and Jesus talked about for the last 45 minutes. When we recognize that the tomb is empty and but what it took to get there, I think we'll have a little easier time recognizing him And then, and then the story ends like this, verse 45. He opened their minds so they could understand the Scriptures. Wow. Wow. He told them, this is what is written. The Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And that's what he did, because he keeps his word, because he's powerful in word. And repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in the name, in his name to all Nations, all nations. Can I, can I encourage you for a second? Starts with your neighbor. It starts with your spouse. It starts with the dude at work. It starts, see, I believe this. Repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name, I, I forgot a word, to all nations. But here's the thing. We keep wanting to go for the home run when how about just tell your story? 
How about start a conversation? How about seeing him in the life, not just under your roof, but in the house next to you, in your workplace? You're like, bro, you don't work where I work. He doesn't come within 100 miles of my workplace. Are you there? Are you there? Then he's there. And he broke bread. And when he gave it to them, their eyes were opened. The beautiful story of the gospel of Jesus Christ is what changes the world. And nothing else is more important than that. Would you pray with me? God, I thank you. I thank you for this story. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for your realness. I thank you for how you navigated the conversation with these people. Lord, I ask that we would just, God, start with me. Please start with me. That, that, that I would just recognize you more. That I would see you in situations more clearly. That I would point people in all, every walk of my life to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Maybe you're here today and you're like, Jeff, I, I know I need to see Jesus in my situations around me more than I'm seeing him. If that's you, no condemnation, no, no giant altar call, no, I'm just saying, if that's you, I get it. I've already confessed it. So if you want to join me in the re realization that I, I need to see him in my school and in my situation and in my relationships. I just got to see him more clearly. If that's you, would you just raise your hand? I just want to pray. That's all. God bless you and you all over this house. Father, we thank you. We ask you to speak to us. We ask you to God to remind us when when we start to when our mind starts to drift off and we start getting engrossed and enveloped in our problems and our situation and our circumstances. God, just bring us back around. Bring us back around that you are with us. Please. We trust you. We believe you. And we are going to do whatever it takes to keep this in the forefront of our mind in Jesus' name. Maybe you're here and you haven't seen him and you haven't trusted him as the savior of your life. I wasn't trying to be um, slick about it or anything, but you've heard the gospel today, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And the only missing piece to this puzzle is that you have to recognize I'm a, I'm a, I'm a sinner. <laughs> I need Jesus. I can't do this on my own, and I'm never going to get better at this until I'm relying on him completely. So maybe today is the day that you cross that line. Well, Jeff, I'm not sure. I, I, I did something way back here. That's not, 
I get that, and I'm not downplaying anything you've ever done. What I am saying, however, is today matters, and moving forward matters. If Miss Kim and I tomorrow renewed our vows, would I be any more married? Nah, man. So I'm not wanting you to doubt anything you've done or who you are or what you've you've prayed or whatever. I'm not trying to do that at all. I don't like when people do that. I'm not here to confuse. I am, however, saying you know in your heart of hearts whether or not you are walking with Jesus. You know it. You might not can give me a date. You might not can give me a a time, but 100% of the time of all the people I've ever talked to, including myself, I can tell you the place because it becomes holy ground. So if you're here and you don't know Jesus, I'm not saying you don't know who he is. I'm saying you're not in a a vibrant, dynamic relationship with him or you've trusted him for the forgiveness of your sins and you're ready to move forward. If that's you, we want to be a part of your journey. So if you would just trust us enough, trust the Lord enough to just acknowledge it with a movement of your hand with nobody looking. I just want to pray, that's all. So if you're like, yeah, I need, I, I need Jesus, I need Jesus to arrest my heart, I'm, go, I'm all in, I'm all in. Jeff, I don't even know what that means. God bless you, son, I'm so proud of you. God bless you, young man. Thank you, Jesus. I, I, again, I, I get a little overwhelmed by it because it's the best decision you're ever going to make, bro. We're going to pray in a minute. I'm just asking, is there anybody else? That's all. I'm, not, I'm just not going to rush through. God bless you, son. I'm proud of you, sir. Thank you. Who else? Who would join these two brave folk? That are like, I need to see Jesus. I need to see Jesus show up in my life. I need you to fix what's broken, and I need him to heal me and to save me. Who else? Anyone? It's okay. I'm not begging. I'm, I'm just asking. I'm giving you the chance. God bless you. God bless you. Okay. All right. Let's go, God. Let's go. Let's just have revival and get it on. So who would join these three now? Bless you, sir. In the back, thank you, young man. Thank you. Who else? Who else? Anyone? God bless you, dear. God bless you. Well, thank you, Jesus. Okay. Hey, you're why we do what we do. You're why we're here. And just the acknowledgement with the movement of your hand. You're already in. Please know that that change had to come in your heart before you ever moved physically. So just feel the weight of that for a second. And we're going to pray. We're we're going to do the right thing here. But I'm saying, don't think think there's got to be thunder and lightning and bells and whistles. It's a decision of the spirit and the heart. It says, I'm leaning in to the glorious grace of Jesus Christ for my forgiveness and for my eternal salvation. Four of you have said yes today. 
I'm asking, is there anyone else? And we're going to pray. God bless you. God bless you, sir. Okay. Do you see him? Do you see Jesus? Oh, he's all over the place. Five of you have seen him today, this morning. Right now, five of you have seen him. Oh, just let it go, bro. Listen. I'll cry louder than both of us. You just go ahead and let it rip, brother. There's five. And I don't keep score. I don't get paid more if you raise your hand. Oh, but this is why Pastor Dwayne and I and every pastor in this church and every volunteer in this church do what we do. Just to be able to introduce you to the one that changed our world. Anybody else? 10 seconds. We're going to pray. 10 seconds. Anybody? Those of you that raised your hands, even those of you that did not, but if this resonates with you, I would ask that you would just agree with, with us. Your, your Bible says in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And that word confess doesn't mean we make a long laundry list of every wrong we did because I don't have the time to even make that list. No, that word confess means that we agree with God that he's right and I'm wrong. That I'm a sinner and he's the perfect payment. Jesus Christ is the perfect payment for my sins on the cross. (laughs) Right now, Jesus Christ, the living water and the living bread, He's breaking that bread because he broke his body and he's reaching it across the table to you and you're seeing the evidence of what he did for you right now. That's happening in your mind right now. So let's agree together. All over this room, let's agree together and let's just say this prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you God, I thank you that you sacrificed your son for this moment right here and paid for my sin, past, present, and future on the cross of Jesus Christ. And then he even conquered death, hell, and the grave when he rose again. Thank you for loving me so much that you would be willing to do that. Jesus, thank you that even though it was hard and even though you 
had to endure everything for me you went through with it. Thank you. Thank you. I'll never take it lightly again. Forgive me of my sins. I'm turning from my sins. God, I need help in this, though, because I don't yet know what I'm doing. So, Holy Spirit, please just fill me. Come into my life. Lead me, guide me, direct me. Thank you. Jesus, thank you that you called my name one more time. <laughs> you didn't have to do that. You didn't have to do that. But today I turn and I respond to you. I make you the Lord of my life. I'll get in your word. I'll pray. We'll talk. We'll converse. I'll talk a little, then I'll listen a little. God, I don't even know what praying is all the way, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to figure this out because I need you and I want to be with you. Thank you for loving me. In Jesus' unchanging, powerful, unstoppable name. Amen and amen. Oh, somebody rattle the gates of heaven with your praise for five that said yes to Jesus. All right, listen up. If, if you're one of those folks and, and you have questions, you need, you need anything, on that little card in front of you, I, I need you to just, I mean, I'm not looking, you ain't gonna, I'm not showing up at your door at dinner unless you invite me, but I'm not, but I'm, you're not getting literature in the mail, I'm not that guy. But, but if, if you need a Bible, tell me, tell, just put it on that card, Pastor Dwayne and I will get you a Bible. It ain't, it, you know, it, it ain't going to be the Dollar Tree Bible. Not that that's bad. But we want to get you a Bible. We want to answer your questions. Listen, I don't know the answers. Dwayne does. He's the genius of this operation. I play guitar. Tell us what you need. I would love, I would love to just know the decision you made today. Not because I'm gathering data where you're not, your name's not going in a database somewhere. I promise you that. But what I'm saying is, is we want to pray for you as you begin your journey as a Christ follower. As you leave here today, I'm going to just ask you to ask yourself, do I see him? Do I see him? And you will. Hey, thanks for your attention. Thanks for your time. You got some beautiful weather. I know you got to be back here at three because everybody's volunteering for VBS. Who don't volunteer for VBS? What kind of monsters are you? Is guilt a motivator? It's not. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Holly's like, go for it.
No, I'm, I'm playing. We'll, but come back at 3 if you want to just get info about it or whatever. We love you guys. Thank you. Until we meet next time, we love you.